are we on this dreaded Ugh. rainy evening? My god, it is so nasty out there. It won't stop. Like no. every time like it sounds like it's going to, I just hear whoosh and I'm like, damn it. When I got home from my parents tonight, I pulled into my driveway and there was a cat under the stairs Aww. going up to my door and I scared it out and I felt so bad because I'm like oh obviously you're here like sheltering from the rain and now right. I just spooked you and then of course I want to bring you inside so it like runs into my yard I, I approach it carefully mm-hmm. and he didn't come to me but I always keep cat food in my car obviously <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for these scenarios and so I went back and I got some cat food and I left it out for him But then it started, like, the heavens opened up and it started raining really hard. And then he ran, like, by my neighbor's shed. And I I don't think he's coming back, so. You did your good deed, though. I mean, Alberto's going to be relieved. I keep dropping hints that, like, by the way, I'm I'm probably going to bring another cat in the house at some point. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, three cats is too many. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, also, it might happen. (laughs) So... (laughs) It might happen. I'm just putting that out. Yeah, like, I can't promise you it won't happen. And this is the exact scenario. Like, if that cat had come up to me, like, been happy to, like, walk right up to me, I would have brought him inside. I would have had three cats today. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I don't have cats, so I don't know what too many would be. Honestly, (laughs) I don't know what the max number is. Honestly, two for my apartment size is probably the max. Like, having Mm. three in here is a stretch. I'm also just not the kind of person that sees a cat outside in the rain and is like, eh. If you come up to me, because first of all, like, if it's going to approach me, it's probably somebody's pet. Maybe it's lost. So I would try to find an owner potentially to give it back to. But like, if I couldn't find the owner and I can't find a shelter to take it, then like, I'm not just going to put it back outside. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We will be making friends. And this is the second time that I've seen him. Oh, okay. So he frequents the area. Yeah. So he's either a local stray or he is an indoor outdoor cat of somebody in my neighborhood. I don't know. Which which would stress me out. Oh, I could never have indoor outdoor cats ever. That'll just they they don't care where they go. Like yeah, right. They don't like like, yeah. They know how to get home, but at the same time, like somebody like me on a night like tonight, if you let your cat out and I see your cat and I say, oh baby, you're out in the rain, come over here, and it comes over to me. Now I'm taking it inside, and if you don't have it microchipped so I can find you and say, here's your cat back, right, or a collar or anything. Now your cat's gone. Now I own your cat. Watch out for those cat thieves out there, everybody. (laughs) Those crazy cat lady thieves. (laughs) I am one of them. (laughs) Keep your cats inside at all times. Hide your cats, hide your kittens. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, my God. That was great. This is the most fun we're going to have tonight because the episode we're here to discuss was not very fun. I'm just going to complain the whole time, to be honest with you. And not even complain, but I have so many questions outside of the episode just on this season so far as a whole. Oh, wow. We're already getting existential. Yeah, once we're done talking about the episode, I'll get into it. But Okay, great. Can't wait for that. I wasn't a fan of this weird, just like, I don't know. What would you call this episode? A filler? Well, I mean, you get what I mean now, right? When I was texting you that night, I was like, do you remember the episode of Rivervale yes. with the ghost stories where it was very contained, different narratives mm-hmm. for each different character or whatever. Um, and it was some kind of spooky, supernatural type story. And that's exactly what this episode was. But 
but it was just instead of ghost stories, it was comic book stories. So I, you know, I understood, I guess, I don't know if I understood. I mean, I guess they kind of, they put it together well, if I had to compliment something. It was definitely a pet project for somebody at Riverdale. Mm -hmm. They wanted to do an episode like this and take that comic book element and make it more prominent. And so I think I have mixed feelings about this episode because I really hated it when it was happening. And now that I've had time to process it. It was still a waste of time, but at the same time in their final season, this was kind of just like something fun that they wanted to do. And like, I guess I get that. Right. And it's a waste of time within a waste of time. Right. Exactly. Like we're already wasting time by being in the 50s. So we might as well waste time doing this bullshit. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And to get us started, here's our 60 second summary. Due to a stomach virus that conveniently knocks out the entire writing staff for Pep Comics, Jughead gets assigned to come up with an entire issue's worth of spooky, scary morality tales, so he obviously draws inspiration from his closest pals. The first story stars our favorite Riverdale nerd, Dilton Doily, who gets bullied by the jocks on the basketball team to the point of actual insanity. In the end, he beheads them all with an axe and shoots baskets with their severed heads. The second tale addresses sinful lust as Archie gets stranded at Thornhill with Nana Rose, who actually lured him there so he could bang a leprosy-ridden Cheryl and make her last days on Earth less depressing. Next up, a cautionary tale of vanity as the plain and overlooked Betty decides to get a beehive hairdo to attract the attention of men. While it does work to get her dates, the beehive ultimately kills her when it suddenly becomes a nest for black widow spiders. Seems harsh, but okay. And our final story once again stars Archie who is trying to have it both ways by dating Veronica and Betty at the same time. When he refuses to choose between them and throws Cheryl into the mix as well, the girls decide to literally saw him in half so they can each have part of him. While this episode felt like a waste of time, it did lead to Veronica and Jughead breaking up over a disagreement about the portrayal of female characters in his writing, so we guess it's an even trade. Well, this episode, much like last episode, is kind of easy to talk about because it is so divided neatly Mm -hmm. into the little narratives. And then we can also, at the end, I think, maybe talk about what's going on outside of the comic book stories because there are a couple of things that we should discuss. But to get it framed, basically, Jughead has been assigned to write an entire issue for Pep Comics because very conveniently, the entire writing staff of Pep Comics is out with a stomach flu. And so he has to come up with all these stories. He decides he's going to get inspiration from his classmates and make morality tales out of a teenager's day-to-day existence in Riverdale. Which, on the outside, good idea. Sure. He wasn't really given a great base to begin with. I mean, he did take those cards that had like, you know, oh, ideas. idea cards or whatever yeah and they were shit and he's like these have been played into the ground you know nobody has an original thought anymore and i was like correct (laughs) nobody has an original thought anymore but also i was thinking back to like the beginning of the season when jug had initially went there and the guy's like i have filing cabinets full of stories right like if you're in a pinch just use the fucking story i mean good for jughead but Mm -hmm. also like you're acting like you're in such dire need when you have all these stories that you just like push to the side for no reason honestly none of the stories that Jughead were, were bad. No, they weren't bad. They, I think they fit the genre for what they were supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, the moral of the stories were great. I mean, pretty clear. Like, there was no yeah. there was no digging you had to do. It was pretty obvious no. who the bad guys were. <laughs> so the initial story that he comes out with features Dilton Doily, who is the nerd on the basketball team. Because, like, how did he even get on the basketball team? Right? If he, like, if he can't he make a to free be throw? on it? <laughs> it's, like, so bad. <laughs> and they do that thing where they, like, punish the rest of the team. Yeah. He can get a free throw shot. Yeah. And uh, that makes them very angry. And by them, we mean Julian, really. I mean, yeah, nobody else really gave a shit. 
Archie protested for like a second. That was the worst face acting <laughs> I know. I've ever seen in my it's life. Like, um, I, maybe we shouldn't do that. And then Julian was like, shut up, Archie. And he was like, okay, fine. They stuff Dilton Doily in a locker and trap him in there overnight, basically. And Dilton has crippling claustrophobia. So he loses his mind in that locker overnight to the point where when he finally gets out... He goes on a murderous rampage. Yeah, he gets an axe from those old-timey break glass if there's an emergency and you need an axe things. Yeah. And he chops off all the heads of the basketball team players and then is shooting free throws with their heads. And doing a great job. Yeah, he's nailing it. And then the coach comes in and is like, you're doing a great job now. And then he realizes that it's the heads of the players and then it's very scary for him. This one was quick. Yes. It was over before the first commercial break. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that's how it was for the next two. It was only the last story that bled over into like past another commercial break. So... They were nice Mm. little bite-sized morality tales. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they, as a comic, I'm sure, they were probably even better in print. To read it as a comic, I think it was probably, especially whoever's drawing for them now, because... Yeah, they found some, I guess, whoever (laughs) is drawing is not wanted for murder or suffering from some kind of stomach flu. (laughs) The guy who played the key keeper creeped me out. He really did creep me out. He was spooky. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. No, they no. did a good job with him. He might have been the pet project for this episode. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to Like you were saying, <laughs> like, you were saying, like, this might have been, oh, somebody had an idea. and like, why not just throw it into the season? But then I also feel like they do that with actors. Yeah. It's like, I want to give you something. I don't know where to put you. So, like, here's this extremely random episode. And this is what you'll be. And this is what you can do. And he was probably so, really excited about it. So, yeah, he did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Creep me out if that was the uh, If that the was goal, the intent. Then- Yep. So that's the end of the first story. The second story is kind of crazy. Of the four of them, I think this was the the weirdest one to me. <laughs> and not really that scary till the end. And I don't know if scary is still even the right word. It's just kind of gross. So Archie has gotten a flat tire on his hot rod and he rolls up to Thornhill in a rainstorm in the middle of the night and Nana Rose answers the door and he's like, oh, can I use your phone? She's like, well, we don't have electricity, but you can come in. And he's like, well, can I stay the night so that I don't have to drive in the storm? Nothing's going to be open. And she says, sure. So they're having tea by the fire and she's saying, okay, you can stay the night, but there's some rules. And the first one is that you can't leave your room at all for any reason during the night once you're inside and you have to like lock your door and keep it locked until the morning. And he's like, well, that sounds weird. Why would I do that? And then she basically says, "Uh, my granddaughter also lives here and she's a little like fucked up in the head. And (laughs) for me, I'd be like, okay, well, then I'm just gonna leave right like i'm either leave or listen to what she said about keeping the fucking door shut she goes on she doesn't even just leave it at Mm. oh she's crazy she's like well she's just really into fucking yeah i'm I'm paraphrasing (laughs) yeah Yeah. she's super handsy (laughs) let's just say she's into inappropriate touching yeah can i say that like those two words are a trigger for me only because it's it's an inside joke, but there's a story about old friends of mine and where like the husband would kind of what he would like flirt with me. Okay. And I'd pass it off as, oh, whatever. Like I'd flirt back, but not like it was innocent. It was right. Just, like stupid yeah. comments here and there. But then there would be times like I'd be at the house 
the wife would be like washing dishes or something and I'm like helping take out the garbage and he would like like I'd bend down to get the garbage and he'd smack my ass <gasps> things of that nature would happen randomly and it became an onward joke with me and my ex-husband because he like do you want me to say something I'm like listen I'm not I, I put him in his place myself like I don't need this to become a whole thing so years go by we're not friends with him anymore I'm divorced whatever but whenever I would tell the story we would make a joke about inappropriate touching <laughs> so when I'm with O'Carrie and Matt if we like accidentally just like knock elbows or something <laughs> or like we'll be like oh inappropriate touching inappropriate <laughs> touching so when she said that I was like oh I understand that I understand that inappropriate uh-huh. touching well it triggered me for a different reason only because I think hearing Nana Rose talk about inappropriate touching it just like upset me on like a cellular level I was just like please don't I don't don't mm. talk about your horny granddaughter it's like uncomfortable yeah she was and it really, gets worse like, into <laughs> describing it too. yeah like she just kept well, going because when we find out at the end that she was complicit in the whole thing like obviously she's trying to entice Archie to leave his door unlocked so that Cheryl can get in there yeah so Archie goes off to bed his eager little self and he's like I'm just gonna leave this door cracked now because if there's a woman walking around here who wants to fuck me obviously I'm open to that (laughs) so Cheryl does indeed come into his room in the middle of the night and he wants to light a candle and she won't let him but he does let her do whatever it is she wants to do presumably next morning wakes up feels great goes downstairs to have breakfast with Nana Rose. Who made that spread? It was obviously Nana Rose, right? Right, she's, yeah. She she's was good in the in kitchen. The kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, how'd you sleep? He was like, amazing. So great. <laughs> you idiot. And then he says he saw Cheryl because he did kind of see her standing by the window when he went down to dinner. So he mentions that to Nana Rose. It's like, oh, I thought I saw your granddaughter back there. Like, so what's actually wrong with her? And then Nana Rose tells the rest of the story, which is that Cheryl went through a jungle somewhere because she wanted to have a good time and <laughs> c- contracted leprosy because that happens all the time in the jungle. And it's fatal. So when she came back home, basically, Nana Rose was like, I just want to make sure she she has a good rest of her days. And so I've just been casually recruiting men from the highway (laughs) to come in and have her fuck them. To to attract leprosy and end up dying before probably. That's what I didn't understand either. Like now they're going to be together forever because of the leprosy. Like, I don't think they were supposed to be life partners. It was just supposed to be like uh, another guy to Right, but then she was in like a veil and like a wedding gown when he saw her at the window. And then once Nana Rose finishes up the story, she comes up behind him with her like leprosy hand. Her leprosy hand and her her face. And her leprosy face. (laughs) And she has the veil on and everything. And she's like, we're going to live happily ever after. And then it's like him just like looking at her screaming. And then that was the end of it. Oh, maybe maybe that was the intent. But like none of them stay once they realize what the fuck has happened to them. Or they kill them or something. I mean, bad things are going to happen to Archie in this scenario either way. But yeah, that one was disturbing. It was just like really weird to hear Nana Rose talk about how horny Cheryl is and how how (laughs) I have to keep her locked up, (laughs) how it really makes her happy to be able to deliver these men for her granddaughter to fuck before she dies from Mm. leprosy. So uh, interesting. Just interesting. Definitely. Now, this fucking story. story. This one was the worst. I'm sorry. This I think this was so fucking dumb. Just the ending. Like, the result of it. 
It makes me laugh because we speculated at the end of the last episode about why Betty might be having another seizure. And we were not even remotely close nope. to this. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And we can talk about that again when we get to the last story and that scene. Oh, fuck. But this, this story features Betty, who is basically described as this plain Jane sort of invisible person at school. She wants more attention from boys she doesn't have any friends which is also ridiculous because look at her <laughs> she's she's not unattractive right. and like if you look at her in comparison to the everybody else like she's in the bright pink and she's mm-hmm. the blonde and like everybody around is kind of in darker color so there's no way she's not looked at like, right I feel like <laughs> it was yeah it was hard to believe that mm-hmm. she would need help getting attention so she does though and decides to change up her hairstyle because people make fun of her like prim and proper little ponytail and I wrote in my notes the quote that Kevin had from like the first episode of the first season of Riverdale where he's like um Betty's ponytail is iconic (laughs) and it's just like you don't mess with that it's a good look for her but anyway she goes to the salon and this fabulous I'm assuming is this a famous drag queen or something because she Uh, I looked her up I have not particularly heard of her Okay. But her name, I believe, is Joan Dash E. Joan E. Joan E. Okay. Of any of the drag queens that I do know, yeah, her name did not. <laughs> I can't say familiar. that I'm like really up in that universe of knowing all the drag queens, but I assumed that the way she was featured in this episode, she must be known to to people. Mm. But she recommends a beehive hairstyle. Did a great job selling it too. Yeah, and to be fair, it looked good on her. Like I it thought did. that it actually was pretty nice. It was very high though. Like it could have yeah. come down a little bit. Yeah, well, I think it was supposed to be like just a touch dramatic, but there are some rules that come with it. And it's like she can't brush it or wash it. You have to keep it intact at all times. (laughs) Right, which is insane to me. And uh, poor Betty, I mean, she was having the same thought process I was. She was like, my mom says to wash my hair like every two days or at least once a week. And it's like, yeah, that that is the rule. (laughs) And uh She's like, yeah, you can't do that. So she's like, fine, whatever. I want to be noticed. So this is what we're doing. So she gets the beehive. It works. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody's paying attention. Everybody's taking notice. All the guys want to go out on dates with her. She's the bee's knees. Oh, my God. Great pun, Don. Great mm-hmm. pun. So <laughs> <laughs> so she follows the instructions. She doesn't mess with it. She's constantly using the hairspray to keep oh it up. Oh, my God. I was coughing as yeah. I was watching these. I was like, oh, my God. Everybody's going to just die of inhalation. But I got to know what kind of hairspray it is because her hair looks perfect the whole time. And it didn't look crusty or yeah, anything. Like no it had flyaways. Layers. It yeah, was nothing. shiny. Like, it looked amazing so everything is like seemingly going well and then one night i don't know if you noticed this but i was wondering what the fuck was happening what the the spider spider web web. yeah there was like a shadow of a spider web above her bed as she went to sleep one night i was like what the fuck is that about right like is this a (laughs) spider-man crossover what's going on so then she goes on a date with Archie and they go to Pops and they're dancing. Oh, Archie's dancing. Can we just talk about it really quick? <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> Sorry, it just really it it really something out else. To me. I mean, he gets into it and it's kind of like she's just slightly twisting and he is like full on jiving. Full on <laughs> 
I'm jiving. And props to Pop Tate for saying that Betty's always been. Yes. I thought that was super cute. <laughs> like, she's always cute. Like, she's always pretty and all that. Yeah, like, like what are you talking about? Like, Betty's always been amazing. It's yeah, like, yeah. You're just a douche. <laughs> you're a right? douche. Just a superficial asshole. So, Betty collapses while they're dancing and proceeds to have a seizure, foaming at the mouth, like, all that fun stuff. And she dies <laughs> and is taken to Dr. Curdle, who saws open her beehive. Has, to, has no choice but to saw it open. <laughs> Needs heavy machinery to get inside, where he finds a nest of black widow spiders that apparently got in there, laid eggs, and fucked off. So, I mean... <sighs> interesting turn of events didn't realize that would happen like overnight though no seizure you know like i mean i would think they would have to kind of be there over time like really making an inhabitants in her hair for it to get like into her bloodstream you know like something has to get inside of her i would think well i think or is it a bite or something? I think it's a bite. I think we were meant mm-hmm. to assume that one or more of them just decided to bite her at some point, wow. hence the seizure. But I don't like spiders. I'm not a big fan. And right. so I would think that this story would be like disturbing to me. But at the same time, it was so fucking ridiculous that I was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding right now? <laughs> I My guess was, oh, she's dying from all the air spray intake. Yeah. Spray intake. <laughs> like something happens to her lungs and like. She just collapses out of nowhere, like something like that. Yeah, I thought it was like the weight of the the hairdo because it, right? when she falls over, it almost seems like she's collapsing under the weight of something. And I thought maybe it was like her hair is just concrete at this point. Right. I feel like that would make sense, too, because like she's now more top heavy. Right. She goes back, hits her head mm-hmm. and dies from like blunt force trauma. Yeah. No, but there were spiders in her hair. So. There were spiders. <laughs> Also, um, really quick, when Archie was describing Betty to Pop, mm-hmm. he kept saying she was the ginchiest. Yeah, what the fuck what is the that? Fuck? He's like, you're the ginchiest of the gin. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I'm assuming that that They're must, going that must overboard be... with the slang. Yeah, but I've never even heard that in other movies that were set in the 50s. No, I've I've never heard that. It's it's not a pretty word either. So I feel like it. I feel like it should be an insult. Yeah, it doesn't sound nice. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like a compliment. Not at all. So this brings us to our final story. And <laughs> I mean, if we talk about like inspired by real events, I I feel like the beginning half at least makes a lot of sense because we have Archie who is trying to have it both ways with Betty and Veronica is dating them both openly. And they know it. Yes. So I found that funny too. Like he has the schedule every other day. He gets Sunday to himself. Okay. Sunday's for the boy. Yeah, right? (laughs) And yeah, and it's just the constant, you know, him being so tired because, you know, he's going on dates six days a week. We're supposed to feel bad for him. (laughs) Right. Also, I love how the dis- they describe him in the beginning that he was a half-wit decision making. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, yes, that's all the time. Which that's part of this the story is fictional? <laughs> <laughs> Like, you described him since season one. Yeah, and honestly, it wasn't maybe as open as this, but he has been doing this with Betty and Veronica Mm -hmm. forever, like, yanking them both around, leading them both on, making them think that they both have a future with him, and in reality, he doesn't want to commit to either of them, and he says this openly to the the basketball guys, Julian and the rest of them. He's like, here's the trick. All you gotta do is, like, tell each girl she's your favorite, and then they'll just eat that shit up, and it's like, fuck you, because 
because guys actually do this. <laughs> right. And like, as he was saying all that, I'm like, yeah, I've dealt with this several <laughs> yeah, times. Like, I, I know I've men heard, like you. I've heard all of these lines before a lot. Yeah. This is not about guys, but I had a girlfriend in college who one of her things that she always said to people was, oh my God, you're my favorite. If you were friends with her and you spent enough time with her, you knew she was saying it to like every single person she knew. And I right. wanted to shake her and be like, Katie, if you tell everyone that they're your favorite, they're not actually your favorite. And that's just kind of... Yeah, you're ruining the meaning of it. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I don't... I feel like that's scummy. <laughs> it's very scummy. And it was also weird to see the guys go to Archie for... Oh my God, I know. And they're treating him like some kind of god for being yes. able to date two women at like, once. tail between the legs. Like, what do we do to get yeah. girls like that? And it's like, ugh. Gross. God, you're yeah. all awful. <laughs> yeah, you all suck. You should all... And then you have Dilton Dalty in the background. Like, it's really three words because... <laughs> it's a contraction. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. They're really giving him the... He's getting the shit out of the stick this episode. Yeah. So basically, Valentine's Day is the problem here because <laughs> he he can only take one girl, but also it falls on a Sunday, which is Archie's sacred His man day, day. Yeah. On the seventh day, even God rested. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. So the girls come up to him and they're like, okay... We need you to choose. You can only take one of us out for Valentine's Day. Who's it going to be? And Archie, again, I feel like this story was so frustrating because I know men who do this. And mm -hmm. he was like, oh, I can't take either of you because I'm taking my mom out. It's the first Valentine's Day since my dad hasn't been around. She's going to be really sad and I want to spend it with her. I hope that's okay. And they're both like, oh, my God, you're so sweet. That's so nice. Of course. Take your time. He did a decent job selling it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. They always do. Yeah. I wouldn't have doubted it given like... At the at the sock hop, he danced with Mary and stuff like. I know we're in the comic yeah, book room right yeah, now. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a good story. It was yes, it was a great. It wasn't like oh my grandma's sick, I gotta be with her. Like it, it had enough detail that it seemed, like and it, could it was be very real. possible. Also, I love that he tries to verify that they will both be in. Yeah, the night. that was the only thing that was a that bit was suspicious. Like, yeah, he's like, so you guys are not gonna go out, right? <laughs> you guys are staying in on Valentine's Day. Let's just be clear. Be miserable okay. from the time period of this to this, you're gonna be indoor. Okay, great, that's all I need to know. But Veronica and Betty decide that they're gonna go out together on Valentine's Day, which is just so weird because they're fighting over the same man and they're like, let's just go out for Valentine's Day together. Oh, wait, just to backtrack really quickly when they find when it's Valentine's Day and they give him the ultimatum prior to that they meet with they're with Cheryl in the bathroom right. and Cheryl basically puts the idea in their head oh you guys have to like team up against him basically yeah so she kind of got them thinking like you guys are right. mad at each other you should be mad at Archie. mad at him right so like Clearly, they weren't going to think that until there was some type of intervention. Yeah. So, okay, that's what leads them to then now go to Pops together for Valentine's Day. Yes. And while they're there, who should stroll in but Archie and Cheryl, surprise, on their Valentine's Day date. And Veronica is about to go over and probably rip them a new one. But Betty's like, no, no, I've got a better idea. A much more elaborate idea. Yeah. And gross. So the next day at school, they approach Archie together and they're like, hey, so we had an 
idea and we know that you like dating both of us but maybe you want to date both of us at the same time and how cool would that be and Archie fucking doofus that he is thinks he's getting a threesome oh my god he is so into this plan he's like oh um yeah that sounds fucking great has no suspicions whatsoever that this could ever possibly go wrong and he's like oh well you know maybe we could go here or there or whatever and Betty's like no I have a better idea we're gonna go to the shop class (laughs) (laughs) the most romantic location in Riverdale honestly probably and it's soundproof and it's soundproof because we're gonna be making a lot of noise and Archie probably creamed his pants in that moment right at that moment right there which is just like (laughs) I think Archie's definitely a premature ejaculator without oh I've never seen a case so serious He's probably got boner half masked all the time. Halfies all day long. All day. So he gets to the shop class room, whatever. This was the most beautifully decorated shop. Oh my gosh. How much do you think they spent on flowers and candles? First of all, it would have gone up in flames immediately. There was too many candles. And you know how I feel about this. I know. Candle safety has been an issue on this show before. Yeah. But yeah, between the flowers, I was loving the the bed, temporary bed looking thing in the middle. That was really (laughs) nice. They really did a good job decorating that place. Yeah, very, very elaborate. So this is the whole thing from the trailer where they were like, come play with us, Archie, on the blanket. And so they made him coffee, which is what he's been drinking this whole time to keep himself awake so he can date both of them at once. And so they're like, oh, we, we, you know, figured you're probably going to need this. And he's like, I don't need anything. He's probably fucking <laughs> ready to go. Two ready pumps go. and done. They each get one. Yeah. They each get one. <laughs> Ew. Well, I mean, no, I- point, he's not going to, like, I mean, if this is what he thinks is going to happen... <laughs> One's either going to be left out, or that's how it's going to have to go. You know, I you're you're right. It's just like ew. I don't want picturing think, it. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't want to think about it. Sorry. So, anyway, Archie drinks the coffee, which is obviously drugged, and mm-hmm. passes out. He wakes up, strapped to the table, and this is what we've seen in the yeah. season trailer, which. As soon as I saw this, I was like, Dawn's going to be so mad. I was so fucking pissed. I'm like, I had this whole elaborate thing in the back of my mind. In the last episode, even, we were trying to, like, draw lines to the milkman and the murder. Nope. Nope. Yep. Not happy. It was a comic book story. So they basically tell him, fuck you. If one of us can't have all of you, then both of us are going to have half of you. So I feel like they executed this horribly. Why? What went wrong? They shouldn't have freaking cut him in half like that. Oh, you think long ways? The other way, long ways. I don't know. I think Betty made out pretty well because she's got the dick end and she doesn't have to look at his dead face. Like, what's Veronica going to do with that half of Archie? At least it looks like a human. I guess, but like. What like what's the point? Mm, that's why if you go down long ways, they each get the same amount inside of the same thing. I understand that, but you get half a dick, and also you have to look at all the um like the innards the whole way down. Unless you lay them on the bed with the innards down, <laughs> and you just always lay on your L- side. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Sorry, oh I didn't. I didn't think I would have to think that through, but that was just no. My... I, I. It's funny because I was actually going to ask you which half you would want 
which one you think oh in this particular yeah in the way that they cut him in half which half would you prefer i would prefer the bottom half see and as i was watching it and i'm watching like betty just like paw at his leg gaze lovingly into his severed torso (laughs) like not even like it's just like the waist literally the waist down i know and she but like that's what made me think because she was kind of looking down like at the crotch region as though right. like, we're going to have some fun Adorably. later. <laughs> yeah. Betty like, finally gets what she's wanted this whole season. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I guess he could cuddle with the arms of the upper part of the body. Yeah. That would be, be kind of like nice. The, yeah. There's some. And you could always like have like a like a dildo situation to simulate the rest. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be hard to like decoupage a top half of Archie for the other one. I mean. (laughs) Although Betty's proficient in shop. So she. Right. She could probably build the rest of them. But they were both adoringly looking at like. Yeah. Like like this plan worked out excellently. This is the best. We could not think (laughs) of anything better. We both got exactly what we wanted. So fucking stupid. Yeah. So that's the end of the comic book stories. So let's go back and discuss Veronica and Jughead because oh, this is where I'm. I'm. I hate her. I yeah. Hate her. Honestly, and, though. Go ahead. Well, we had to suffer through this episode, but it did end in them breaking up. So maybe it was worth it. Maybe we maybe had. Maybe it to. was worth it. But she's a fucking dimwit. Like oh, yeah. she really yeah. bothered me in the sense that. I think I was surprised they were dating. Yeah, like, I right. Because to this point, we've just kind of seen them bonding, but we haven't really. And they kissed once or twice. Right. So, but it doesn't feel like they're a couple. Mm-hmm. So when they're acting like a couple now, it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is a relationship. Yeah. And she shows up and she's like, oh, want to go to the Babylonian, this movie, want to go see. And he's like, no, I have to work on these stories. And then she offers to help and fine, whatever. And she's listening to each story and she's kind of just like reiterating the lesson for each of them. Right. So, you know, like the first one was, you know, not to bully because you never know. Mm-hmm. The second one, uh, curiosity killed the cat. Beauty's only skin deep type of bullshit. And then uh, obviously the last one is don't be a douche. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> But we get into <laughs> we get into the first three stories. She doesn't really have much commentary on. No, it's the last one because she realizes she's not a prominent role in any of the stories so far. Mm-hmm. And they kind of come up with the idea together. And this is what annoyed me. She's so mad at him at the end of it, and she's like, "You're basically making women." And it's like you just agreed to the fucking story like two minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what she was envisioning. What happening set her off differently? That's- But yeah, she has a real big problem with Jughead's representation of women in these comic book stories. And uh, listen, I'm a I'm a women's advocate. You know, I want to stand up for women and absolutely how they're represented in media. But I'm on Jughead's side here because I don't think anything was particularly damaging for women in these comics, at least not more so than to the men because he even says that too he's like but like the men are also terrible so like what do you mean and she's right, like that's every, not the point right and whoever's like, getting the lesson is getting the lesson for a reason and it was for both i mean i feel like the lesson really was men for three out of the four yeah i mean there's no women in the first story whatsoever right. Cheryl and Nana Rose, I guess maybe she's upset that they're portrayed as manipulative, lying, sex-hungry women, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right, that again, doesn't really bother me. It's a comic. Like, yeah. I mean, he's... He's not writing a tale or writing an accurate depiction of high school life right now. 
and then talking about real people like no you're you're discussing characters and i understand the whole portrayal thing but again with that last story she wanted to be in it they came up with the idea together how else was he going to execute that come on and i also don't yeah and i don't understand what was triggering for her about that particular story because they came out on top. What's the big fucking deal? Yeah, and neither of them were necessarily portrayed as lustful or sinful. No, like, they stood their ground. They, they were jealous realized, of each other, yeah. but but then they realized, oh, we're not the enemies here. Like, let's team up and take out the real enemy. I would think that's empowering. So right. what's the big deal? Yeah. So she seemed to be thinking thinking about it in terms of all the stories which again like I don't really think that holds a whole lot of water with Betty's story it is like a vanity issue but I think it could have just as easily been about a boy Mm -hmm. or a girl like I think that's sort of a universal self-consciousness and it just happened to be about a woman (laughs) in that story so maybe she feels like the fact that he made it be about a woman is indicative of how he feels about them but I don't know I think she was reading a whole lot into it yeah and the fact that she didn't really care until that last story that she was involved in. Because prior to that, she didn't make the comment. She made the comment after the last story. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now that you're involved, you feel that the depiction of all women in the... You weren't saying that prior. So that looks kind of shitty, too, on her end. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Regardless, I... whatever. They break up because she's a bitch. <laughs> right. And also, like, doesn't really seem to want to talk it out. No, she made up her mind. And that yeah, Jughead is kind of pushing back to try to explain, like, his perspective. And she just gets to a point where she's like, well, like, clearly, we're not going to agree on this. So like, I'm going to go. And I felt bad because he was like, well, I'm basically done. We can go catch that movie now. Like, yeah. he's being so sweet about it. And right. it's like, you're a bitch. <laughs> She really, she really annoyed me at that point. And I I was so mad. I'm like, oh, my God, you fucked. She fucked this all up. I mean, I'm not mad because I'm I like, well, I'm glad they're not together. Yeah, anymore, I needed but... them to not be a couple. <laughs> and the fact that this is how it ended for me makes so much sense. It's like, of course, she was such a douchebag that mm. it's over. <laughs> right. It's going to be on her. It's not going to be on him. Yeah. And then Jughead submits, submits the comics and the boss man is really happy with them. And this part I thought was a little funny. He's like, well, I want to give you like the recognition you deserve so (laughs) yeah it's like you're gonna pay me right he's like absolutely not yeah and then he's like well i'm gonna put your knee he goes on the cover he's like no absolutely (laughs) a byline a byline like in the inside cover and gives him the name jughead juggiller jones right and uh he's very pleased with that and i'm kind of happy for him given all the bullshit he's dealing with right now yes but this will become a problem for him because the other thing that's going on outside of the comics in this episode is the fucking three musketeers of evil discussing (laughs) their plans and it's clifford blossom principal featherhead and dr werther's and i feel like there was somebody else there too there was like a couple of other people were there i yeah because i wrote down i'm like this looks like a skulls meeting did you ever (laughs) see the movie the skulls no, but it makes me think of the the Skull and Quill Society from... Which uh, is yeah. what made me think of the Skull. Right. We discussed it before, but that's what it seemed like. It's one of those like secret society meetings that they were having. Yeah. Like they were in pitch black and they literally picked up candles to read things. I'm like, put the <laughs> lights on, you guys. Come on. Know. Yeah. So they're basically sitting there discussing like how they can get people to stop talking about the mugs murders which is interesting to me like why do they care so much about that are any of them involved right, like in they it kind of should care too that 
people want to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a red flag because, like, yeah. why don't they want this murder investigated? So they're trying to figure out how to kind of shush that whole thing up. Ethel is with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and they've made her take a vow of silence or whatever, so she's going to be fine. But Jughead is still kind of a problem for them. And they decide that the best way to handle this is to work on demonizing comic books as a medium, an entertainment medium for kids, which is funny because I did say that in the last episode. I don't know. You did. (laughs) Called that one. But yeah, so they're trying to make everyone think that comic books are turning kids into these savages because they're so violent. And it's just like the whole thing with video games with us when we were growing up. Right. So there's an article published at the end of the episode that Dr. Werther's wrote featuring his own research, by the way, which is I, like, I literally wrote. I'm like, I'd like to see this study. Yeah. Like citing yourself <laughs> is not. What the fuck? Like, and who's really reading that article except parents? In Riverdale, because In Riverdale. it's not like a national newspaper. No, only their town. <laughs> only their town. And the, you know, and the comic books are only in their town as well. Right. And just like quick side note, we did not see anything from Uncle Frank this episode. And <laughs> I was thinking, I was legit thinking that before we started. I was like, we get a glit, we get that fucking mustache and yeah. then nothing. <laughs> it was a drive-by mustaching. <laughs> <laughs> And there was no Kevin this episode. No, and we still haven't seen Reggie. Reggie has I to come I wrote in that down, too. I'm like, when point. do we get Reggie? And then I was thinking about it, too, and I'm like, you know, next week's episode's called Peep Show. And <laughs> I saw the preview, and oh, good. we get it. Betty is fucking horny. Seriously, like every single episode, this poor girl is like ratcheted up to an even higher level. (laughs) But this is what I'm not understanding. And hopefully, I mean, I can't, we can't guarantee. And there's no, we never make guarantees on this show. We can't. (laughs) We're in the 50s. Yes. And just everybody wants to have sex. That's really where, that's the only thing we've gotten so far. Right. That's all we've learned. Yeah, that's all we've learned in different ways, in different scenarios, all of that. And it just, it's still, I not that I'm forgetting, but like go back to the first episode of the season. We went from something so serious. Right. The end of the world. <laughs> the end of the world. And then we're, you know. We're oh, also the, 50s, the racism. Talking, yeah. Okay. The racism and all of that. And yeah. We're shown something so serious. And then all of a sudden it's now, if you're in the 50s, you're just want to bone all the time. Dawn, but this is classic Riverdale. I know. We address serious issues for one episode. We take it very seriously for that little period of time. And then we move on because there are bigger fish to fry like Betty's sex life. That is the most important, clearly. It is a whale. (laughs) And I did mention to you the other day, a couple of days ago, that it was just so not funny. But that Emmett Hill, the woman who accused him, just died this week. (laughs) Yeah, I think she must have gotten like a resurgence of hate mail after after Riverdale featured the whole thing. Like, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out of here. We got to get this bitch. No, (laughs) but it was just so crazy that it's like we just watched an episode where he was discussed and right it's in the news the talk, again it's in the news again and it's, i'm like wow that's it's like they predicted it but they didn't no they'll never give them that much credit no i can't i know but yeah there's just a lot more i want to see and we came to we seem to just be in this small bubble of sexual awakenings and we're not getting anywhere else 
Right. And just like bullshitty nonsense stuff. Like, as you said, this episode was such a waste of time because if you recall in the last episode, you know, we're still investigating Ethel's parents' murder. She's been deported to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Frank just turned up to start cracking skulls. Cheryl and Archie are not eloping, but are their parents still wanting them to get married? Like, we have all these questions that they left us hanging with so that we could just go fuck around in this comic book world for an episode and it's like what are we doing and then next week we're just gonna watch betty and archie like strip tease each other across the the windows right yeah in the the windows windows. not not sexy but at the same time is this really what we're here to do (laughs) yeah and you know i like how they kind of tried to tie it together with like the beginning and discussing the murders and then relating it to the comic books and then yeah they tried assume (laughs) this was to prove that the depth of a story and how yes how it could fuck with somebody's mind right that them to be violent yes and that comic books while they're you know fun sort of entertainment outlets they also could have real implications and real effects on people but that's like the same with anything yeah this ride we are on i want to get off i want to get off (laughs) getting off <laughs> I, yeah, man. I, I just, don't. I, how much longer are we gonna be in the fifties? I can't I don't do know. it. This is episode five, so I was trying to predict that this would be the end of it. No, like I, River Vale was the beginning, and then it just keeps going on every week with no, no end in change sight. in sight. There's no like yeah. hint of Tabitha and right. Archangel stuff or yeah, nothing. Nobody's nothing. kind of getting their memory triggered. Like there's not even really an indication that anything is coming. The only thing that we have is if the schedule that's posted on the Riverdale wiki is to be believed, it seems like there's going to be a week off at the end of May. That would be a really good time to have like a cliffhanger ending before a transition back to normal normal Riverdale stuff so and like you had said too it like skips a few episodes in descriptions and brings us right to episode 13 yes that's called the crucible <laughs> sounds sort of like a moment of reckoning if uh, yeah if we need to put a point on that a finer point I just it this I, I hate fillers and it's I know just a waste and it had entertainment value sure but <laughs> It was just so dumb, especially how it ends with Veronica just being like, all right, peace. I don't like you anymore. (laughs) Yes. And then there's like sort of a weird passage of time where Jughead's like, and then like you get Jughead's voice over. He's like, and I guess we kind of broke up because the next time we saw each other in school, we just walked by like we were strangers. And she's like, great. Okay. Well, like everything, nature's returning to how it should be. (laughs) Maybe this is a good sign going forward. There was one line that Veronica says at one point. I'm like, you are dumb. Just one? Oh, she says something about like the reason high schools were invented. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not the <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm sure it was supposed to be a joke, but it was also just like a very stupid thing to say. Yeah, and she sounded kind of serious because she's like, "Well, you know, that's why high schools were invented so that like guys and girls could." Oh right, yeah, could make passes at each other, basically, like oh, yeah, at each other. What? Um, Let's no. Bring it back to the sex again. Okay, got it. <laughs> that's why extracurricular activities were invented. <laughs> that maybe that's why college was invented. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Might be. Well, this week's pod pick of the week is No More Late Fees. Oh. These two chicks, they're very awesome. They're old friends and they're also ex blockbuster employees. Oh my God, love it. And they cover the late 90s and early 2000s. Great. So it's right in our wheelhouse and it's very fun. So check them out and the link to their stuff will be in our Instagram and Twitter posts. So be sure to be on the lookout for those. And you know where to find us, as always. Twitter, Instagram, our website. Everything's always up to date on those. So be sure to keep track and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, happy May Day. Hope everyone had a happy May Day. Ah, uh, yes. Depending on where you live and what you know, it's either a pagan holiday or Labor Day for Europeans. There you go. Yeah, so... Very nice. You could always watch Midsummer in uh, celebration. There you go. <laughs> At my yeah. college, there was a naked run on May Day. Like people oh. would just streak across campus in like a celebration, I guess, of, of payday. Oh. So I think it's Beltane, right? That's the um, yes, mm-hmm. the actual name for it. Yep. It so is. yeah, hope you all had a happy Beltane. <laughs> yes. So until then, that's end game.